I'll uh, ask, please, if you will, pray for me tonight. I say that from the depths of my heart. I need your prayers. Um, things happen in our lives that uh, try to get us uh, off track. And uh, Sister Debbie didn't know what I was preaching on. Or we don't even know what each other's going through. God does. Amen? He knows how to meet that need. Let's open up our Bible tonight. Let's go look at 1 John. 1 John is where we're going to start. Uh, it's amazing to see how God puts all this together in, in each service. Uh, it's always a, a blessing over all the years God's allowed me to lead singing to see how He puts it all together. And on the other flip side of that coin, it's always amazing that when I put things together, the mess I wind up with, but God forgives, amen, and I thank God for that. Tonight we want to look in 1 John uh, chapter 1, and the subject here is a subject that uh, I, I, I focus on in my own life, and I try to stay, I, I don't always do the best, uh, I fail, uh, but over all the years that God's allowed me to be here, there's one thing that our pastor, if you listen to all the messages over all these years, is the main focus, and it's, his, it's God's Word, amen, I thank God for our pastor who focuses on God's Word. Uh, when things are not going well in our life, when things are not going well at work, or things are not going well in the family, things are not going well at church, it, it would do us good to ask ourselves this question. Am I focused on God? You know, coming to church is a blessing, amen? It really is a blessing. I love this place. I love coming here. I love my brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, I, I love to see, uh, again, what God has done over all these years. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss being where God has called me to be, where He wants us to be, uh, so that we can be in on Him moving and Him working. All of that is just, it's amazing, it's, it's miraculous to see God change lives save families, save souls, and do what he has done here with Phil Baptist Church over all these years, and uh, yea, in our own lives. And over all these years, I look back and think, wow, what if I'd have missed this, or what if I'd have missed that? I'm saying all this to get us here tonight focused on a daily basis, this, and I need this. I, I'm, I, I need this. I need this, in, as far as I'm concerned, uh, more than you. <laughs> uh, maybe you think the same thing that I'm thinking, but I need it. I need him. If we're going to be faithful, if we're going to be obedient, if we're going to do anything that brings the gl glory to God our Father, we need to be focused on him. I, I, can't, I can't say that enough. 
if, if we can leave here tonight and grasp that simple truth, you're, you're going to see that there are things in this world that has bothered you or you may have fought with and uh, maybe even struggling with now that will fall by the wayside. Because where we mess up, and where I mess up, is when I get my focus off of God. So, here we are in 1 John chapter 1. Let's stand for the reading of the Word of God. Amen? 1 John chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it. Bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. You may be seated as we pray tonight. Father in heaven, we thank you for the privilege to be here tonight. I thank you for the privilege that you have given me to be used of you. Lord, I ask you to do just that. I pray that you would speak through me the words that you've spoken to my heart and what you have to be spoken and nothing more, nothing less than to glorify my Father which is in heaven because it's of you, by you, through you, for you that I'm here tonight, that any of us are here. We thank you for the cross of Calvary. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the privilege to be here tonight. Speak to hearts Stir our hearts, help us to get our focus upon you, walk with you, share you, love you, live for you, glorify you. We'll give you the praise for we ask it in thy name. Amen. You know, uh, in my own life, and that's where I'm going to focus tonight in my own life, when I find myself struggling, uh, my pastor in, 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 uh, over the years, uh, you know, he's talked about how the Word of God is profitable for instruction. Uh, for reproof and and when when those times come in our life uh he he's been faithful to to remind me as is a sheep following my lord and following his uh lord which is our father amen uh you need to ask yourself questions why why is this coming in my life am i not right is there something in my life that's stopping the flow of god something that's got me out of the will of god uh and the same thing holds true with the folk. We get our focus off God and His Word. We open ourselves up for an attack. And so when you and I start asking ourselves, asking our Father, what's going on? Why is this coming? He, he will answer. But look, here, here's where I was making a mistake. I'd ask, but that's as far as it went. No, no, friend. We've got to ask, and we've got to ask, and we need to get in the Word. Because, see, do you know what this is? This is God. This is His Word. He is the Word. I'm going to show you that tonight. This is Him. 
This, that's what separates this book from any book on the face of the earth that has ever been or ever will be. This book is alive. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder soul and spirit. It'll cut you to the very bone marrow. That's how sharp and piercing this word is. It's alive. It's Him on the page. I want us to look here. John, one of the twelve. I want us to look, uh, before I get into some other scripture here, I want us to look, let's, let's think about John, he's one of the twelve, right? We think of Matthew, we think of Mark, we think of Luke, we think of Matthias and, and all, all these others. You know, here's, here's the twelve that Jesus chose, that Jesus separated himself, he fasted and he prayed that, would God, that God his Father would give him those disciples, those men that he could teach and train and send them out to preach the word of God. And yay, one of them was the devil. I think about their lives. Let's, let's think about this. Be, be, before they met Christ, you had a tax collector, you had fishermen, you had all these different uh, physicians and all, all these different professions these people were doing, these jobs that they were doing. Some from mundane uh, some would look upon the job of a fisherman as, as quote unquote uh, even in our day and time that's not uh, that important that's not one of those CEO jobs uh, but yet then he had a tax collector then he had a physician right had all these men uh, that he had prayed for sought God for and would now had them and, and, and in their daytime in their lifetime with Christ what, what time they walked with him and talked with him and that's what verse 1 is saying the, that which was from the beginning which we have heard the beginning of what the beginning of Christ's ministry upon this earth and him teaching these disciples raising them up you, uh, and, and living before them was the son of God and they saw him they heard him they handled him they, on a daily basis, that's what he's sharing with them. But look at their lives before and even after they met Christ. What, you know, I got to thinking about this. One, a tax collector, he's hated. A physician? Yep, people, uh, we need physicians, right? Fishermen? When they met Christ, they all left those jobs to follow Christ. Something happened. When they were following Him as Christ was headed toward the cross, we see struggles within these men. We see things that they're going through. We, we even see someone that, that cursed God and denied Him thrice. We see some that went away, some that came back. Uh, I, I think of the struggle that Paul had with some of the ones he was training, uh, so much so that they had to separate. You know, I see all these, these things. And, but, but after Christ died, Total different picture. So I got to thinking about this. 
that he's, he, he's sharing with us in this epistle of 1 John chapter 1. There was two things that took place that changed everything. It took Peter, who was always worried about doing and doing on the Mount of Transfiguration. Hey, let's build three temples up here. Uh, let's go do this. Let's go do that. Crying out loud, he's trying to cut the, and he did. He cut the ear off one uh, in the garden as they come to arrest Jesus. And they, all this stuff he's doing and he's doing and he's doing. But there, there's one, there's one disciple that's doing something totally different than any of the rest of the disciples. And it's John. And I got, the, I got to looking at this and God's showing this to me. And I see John doing one thing. Totally different. I, I won't say different. I should say he's doing something that none of the rest of them are doing. That, that I know of, that I, that I see in, in the Word of God. And then I got to thinking about somebody else. I got to thinking about Martha and Mary. Her brother Lazarus had died. Jesus come to town. And they're all cumbered about with a lot of things. His death, Lord, if you'd have been here, this, that, and the other. But Jesus comes to their home. What's Martha worried about doing? Talk to me. Doing, doing, doing. Mary is doing something that everybody else is leaving out. John was doing something that everybody else was leaving out. Are we doing that same thing? Are we doing, are we not doing what John and Mary were doing? Let's go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. No, John wrote five books of the Bible. The book of John, the three epistles of 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Revelation. And when you, we read uh, verses 1 through 3, when we get to the book of John chapter 1, you're going you're gonna to see and sense uh, this scripture here in John chapter 1 finally makes up kind of see the uh, resemblance of John in the writing. And I, and I want you to understand as, I, as, I, as we read this here in John chapter 1, don't, don't let this go in your ear now. Think on these things. In the beginning was the Word. When the beginning happened, the Word was already there. Jesus Christ had no beginning, no ending. He is the Son of God. He is Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. He had no beginning. That's literally what these words are telling 
you and I. He was in it. He wasn't from it. He didn't start in it. He was there. And we'll see that. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And might I say this, He is still God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him and without Him was not anything made that was made. None of what you and I lay our eyes on as far as creation and us would be here without Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's what His Word says. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of that light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Let me say something right here. That verse right there, that verse right there tells me, and it's God's word, it's forever settled in heaven. Not one jot, not one tittle will ever pass away from the word of God. God said it, it's true, it's settled. There's no argument as far as I'm concerned. You can argue, you can deny it. It does not change the fact, nor the truth, the absolute truth, that what you and I have read tonight and handled and have seen here is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is the Word of God. Nothing will change it. If you're following and listening, you, you've already got the answer of what John and Mary were doing. It's important that you, you and I grasp this. But every man, every child born into this world has that light that there is a God. That's what the Word of God said. What John and what Mary did that was unlike, as far as the Scripture see, that I see uh, with those in the disciples, and those following Christ. Uh, by the way, there was only one that went all the way to the cross as far as the male was concerned. Who was it? John. And the Bible says that he laid his head on his breast. The Bible calls him the disciple whom Jesus loved. You say, well now, that, that, that's, not, that's, not, that's not quite right. He's showing partiality. No, he's not. And I'll take you to you and your kids. You, you and I have, uh, I, I've got kids, I've I got a son. He loves his mom, and no doubt he loves me. But my son was not one that would want to crawl up in dad's lap and cuddle. He's not one to come and lay his head on my breast. Now, Kaylee, on the other hand, she was. That's why they call him the disciple whom Jesus loved. Where do we find Mary? When they come, he comes to the house that day and Martha's all covered about and said, Lord, I'm the only one sweating here. I'm the only one working here. I'm the only one cooking in here. She is sitting in the living room with you. What did he tell her? Leave her alone. Don't miss this. 
Matter of fact, I want to make sure you don't miss it. Let's go to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, let's look over verse 38, let's start with that. Verse 38, it says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bitter therefore that she help me. Jesus' answer which was this, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. It was that same Mary that, by the way, as they were sitting at meat, she came in while the disciples and all of them were sitting around eating and, and different explanations of how, but she, she, the Bible talks about how she, she come up behind the Lord. And the only way I can picture that is they, they, they sit different than we do, by the way. The way we sit and eat is not quite right. When, when you talk to some people uh, in the physician uh, jobs, they t- they're starting to find out that these Jews had it down right. That, that they would eat like this. And that left his feet exposed behind him. But regardless, the Bible says she came up. She was weeping at his feet. And her tears were soaking his feet. You get the picture? She's sitting here worshiping. She's handling. She's singing. She heard him. She met him. She's worshiping him. And she's doing that needful thing. She's at his feet and takes her hair and dries his feet, wipes his feet clean of the dust and the dirt from the travel of that day. And John is drawing near to his bosom, resting his head on He's loving on him. He's not only handling with his hand, but his head, he's laying on the Lord right there, right in front of everybody. And you know, you and I, you, if, if one of us was to, to, to walk up to Brother Wayne and, and lay our head on him and love on him, that'd be awkward, wouldn't it? What do you think was going on in the other disciples' mind when John was doing the same thing? See, we all get focused on, man, that's weird, that's awkward. No, it's not. Not when it's the Son of God, and that's my Father, that's my Redeemer, that's my friend, that's the one who loved me, gave himself for me. No, it's not. It's natural. Just like it's natural for your son or your daughter to come up and love on you. If we will stay in God's Word, focused on Him, I'm not saying we won't have trouble. That's a lie. We're going to have trouble. But you know what? 
When you keep focused on Him, what are you not focused on? Here you go. We're focused on Him. Our eyes are not only not on that trouble, we're not on that one that caused it. We ain't got time to talk about somebody. We ain't got time to wallow in our sorrow. No, Lord, it's me like Mark. I'm the only one working. Am I the only one going through this battle? No, you're not. I'm not. See, we get in that pity party. We get off the focus, off the Lord Jesus Christ and His Word. That, how many were here Sunday night? Raise your hand. Stephen will tell you, I'm not saying anything I wouldn't say in his face. I don't, I'm not going to say anything bad, so don't worry. <laughs> I remember Stephen growing up here. Stephen was one of those like a, you go out, if any of y'all ever rode horses, there's some horses you can get on, they're just docile. They don't get in a hurry. You can kick them. You can punch them. You say, giddy up. Do what? They ain't going to move no faster than what they're doing. There's some, you can kick them. And you better hold on because they're going to do everything they can to get you off of them. And there's that one you can get on and, man, he'll take off. And I don't know what it is, but something will catch that horse's attention. And, buddy, you better hang on because he's going to make a hard left. Or he'll make a hard right. And if you ain't holding on, you know where you're going. That was Stephen. But in his testimony, he said it. He said the very thing that I'm preaching on right now. And you know what turned him and Ashley's life around? He sat there and sat in his testimony. They started together reading a chapter a day. And God called him, changed him, converted her, called him to the field. To do what? What I'm fixing to share with you. It's the Word of God that saved us. It's the Word of God that took us from a, a dead thing, an existing dead thing, and resurrected us to life anew. The Word did that. If the Word can resurrect a dead thing and bring it to life, I'm sure the Word can help us walk day by day by day, and come what may, be faithful, 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 until the stars fall from the heavens, as Dr. Lee Robertson would preach. Be faithful. They can take everything away. This whole world can. You give them an inch, they'll do it. They can't take my Jesus. That's all I have, that's all you and I have. We stand before Him. It's not what I got in my bank account. It's not the good work I've done at work. It's not what I've done on this earth. It's what I do for Him. It won't be a struggle to be here. We'll be here. Just, that's why, don't forsake the assembly. You, I ain't forsaken, Brother Randy. I only missed one Sunday or two. I only missed one or two. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. Why do you think he told us don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together? There's so much more as we see the day approaching. Because he knows the tactic of the enemy. He won't care if you just miss one. It'd be great. You go every Sunday. 
every Sunday morning, Sunday night with you, every revival. You even go to vacation Bible school, and you're 75 years old. So you don't quit. The enemy don't quit. He don't care how old you are. He'll run you through the hill, destroy you. I don't care how old. Because you want to be faithful? Like I said, it's not easy. Y'all know it. I'm preaching to the choir here. Y'all know it. But there, it is so much more worth it. This is what we're going to do. Go back to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1, I'm going to give you these points. There was a communication that was audible, an audible communication. You know, talking about this audible, I was sitting at home this afternoon, and me and my wife were discussing something, and uh, I was telling her something, I can't remember now what I was discussing, was something, something going on, and I was telling her the, the process and this, that, and the other, but anyway. We're sitting there. She had her phone in her hand. I had my phone in my hand. We have iPhones. And when you hit a button sometimes or hold a button down, Siri will come on and ask, you know, uh, you need to do this or you need to do that or, you know, how can I help you or whatever. So with her phone in her hand, my phone in my hand, all of a sudden out of the kitchen, and we looked, or I did, I looked and looked. I, I don't know where it come from. I know it was in the kitchen. But we heard an audible. It said, you have to be connected to the Internet to do that. I don't know where it came from. I have no clue. So we all ran out of the house. <laughs> My daughter, she's, she's reading this book some scary parts. She said, Dad, I'm scared to death. I ain't reading that book again. I can't even sleep tonight. <laughs> I don't know where it come from. I, have no, I, I don't know if the Keurig has got smartness in it. I, I don't know. But there was an audible. So here's an audible. There was a communication that was audible. John speaks of that which we have heard involved in John's salvation was what he had heard. He heard the gospel. He heard that. He walked with the, the author of the gospel. Jesus Christ himself and these disciples saved one, were saved, born again. And, and, and let me get back to this for, I, I don't want to leave you hanging on this. The other thing, that, the, the, the two things that happened after Christ's death, I think were the two things that changed those disciples. Peter was running away hiding. They were all running to the upper room. Hiding. Afraid they were going to get crucified. Just like Christ did. They, they were scared to death. But the resurrection. And the coming of the Holy Spirit. Who indwelt the believers. And buddy. Here they went. And these men. Turned the world upside down for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The word, that which they had seen and heard and handled. Do you get that? This is it. This is him. That which we have seen, 
That which we heard when we walked in here or Brother Wayne or whoever came to our abode or wherever we were at is shared that gospel. And it changed our life and that which we have handled. This is Him. That was the audible. There's a message we have to tell others. It's not for me to keep. It's not for you to keep. It is for us to tell others here. Just as someone picked the phone up and called me, I need to pick the phone up and call someone myself. I need to walk. I need to go out. I need my, my job. But wherever I be, a witness. There's a communication that was audible. They heard the gospel from the Lord Himself. And what did those disciples go do? What Jesus did. The message we have to tell others centers around the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our message is more than one of social achievements, moral accomplishments, a message about the most important person ever walked on the face of this earth, the God-man, Jesus Christ. We see that John speaks of the eternal existence of the Lord Jesus Christ. He speaks of that which was from the beginning, the life, the eternal life which was with the Father. He states that the Lord Jesus was from the beginning, at the beginning, the beginning of all things, as time as we know it, the Lord Jesus was there. What does he tell us to do in Luke chapter 14? Go out and compel them. Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in Fill this house. It's what we're to do. B. There is the message we have to take to others. You know, when I, I got to thinking about this. We have to tell others. Well, ain't that the same thing? Yes, it is the same thing. You and I, have to. we, we, we tell others in our sphere of influence. We tell others when we go out. Uh, Going to go see a family tomorrow night uh, and, and talk to them about the Lord. Uh, so, going to go see them and, and, and try to get them to come uh, back. They visited some time ago and, and want to return that visit, get them to come back, get them in here, uh, growing for the Lord. But then there are those that will, God will call, just like Stephen and his wife. Actually, uh, I, I remember the day that, that the Lord was convicting her and, and she got saved and Brother Wayne was able to take her back in the office and lead her to the Lord to see all that. And, and then to see what God has done in their lives. God called them to go and take the gospel. Called them to South Africa. And now, uh, after furlough and they get back, there, as he said in his own testimony, they're going back to start a work. And it, It's wonderful to see what God's done in their lives. But you know what? It all started right here. This is where it started. This is what we lose focus of. What I lose focus of. I start struggling, I, I can tell you, 99.9% .9 of the time when I'm having a trouble, trials, tribulations going on in my life, though, they, I, I've left this right here out. I've left him out. See, it's not just praying. Don't get me wrong. Uh, praying's not always about me praying. A lot of times, more so than me just praying, is me letting the Lord speak to me as well, right? That's a two-way street. You know, when I was growing up, most of the time I wanted to talk to mom and dad was when I wanted something, right? 
Most of the time, that's what the kids want. You, your kids go outside and play. What you, Mom, can we come in? No, I told y'all to get out and stay out. Well, me and Johnny want something to drink. That's the only time I want to talk to you. Give me a drink. Give me this. Give me that. It's the same thing in our own lives. It, 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 it do us good just to stop. I ask God so many things. I tell Him all these trials. And don't get me wrong. He wants to hear it. He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from me. He wants to know what's going on in our lives. What about we just stop? Think about old John. Coming up next to him. And laying his head in his bosom. And loving on him. Take this message. So I don't know what to tell anybody. Take that message. All I can tell you. I think of the blind man. As he stood before the Sanhedrin council. And all those who doubted. And just didn't believe what had taken place. He said look. Y- 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 you keep asking this. All I know is I was blind. And I met this man. And now I see. That's all you got to tell him. You don't have to go in no theological discussion with them. The Bible didn't say that. The Bible just says, hey, God's Word, the Lord, just tell them what I've done for you. I'm the way, the truth, and the Word, and the life. That's all we have to tell them. God will take care of the rest. We don't, like I said, I've talked to some here in this church. Well, I don't know what to say to them. I said, a lot of times don't have to say anything. But hey, all I can tell you is once I was blind, but now I see. We think we got to go in, we got to have 400 different verses, and we, we got, we, I ain't here to prove anything. I don't have to prove anything. But see, here, here's the thing this is what John and I believe Mary had down. In the book of John, chapter 1, there's one thing. They both. And, and, and I won't say just them. I'm sure Matthew, Mark, and all them did. Because you know, out of all the disciples, John was the only one to ever live a long life. He was banished to the Isle of Patmos. That was all directed by God. God wanted him there. It's where God gave him the book of Revelation. Save one who committed suicide. But I, there, there's something to this with uh, Mary and, and John. Um, it was settled. I got to thinking, well, look at how he started the book of John. There's one thing he has settled. This is who he said he was. I believe it. He's my Savior. And it showed. It showed in a different way than the others. You don't see Christ rebuking Martha. He just said, hey, you're careful and worried about a lot of things. But Mary, she chose to do that needful thing. That's the only rebuke that he, and really, 
He's just letting her know what you're concerned about, Mary, is not needful. Forget about the dishes. Forget about cooking. Christ is fixing to go off the scene. And you can't tell me Mary didn't know it. Because do you know what she brought in the house and wiped his feet with? Not only her tears, but the Bible talks about how she poured a bottle of myrrh. And you remember who got mad and said, why was this not taken to the poor? <laughs> what did Christ say, Andrew? She hath done this for my what? My burial. He revealed it to her. Ain't it astonishing that most of the disciples did not even get it? They didn't even get it until he arose. And they're sitting there one day and the light comes on. Hey, you know what? He told us that. But Mary, she knew it before he ever got there. Why? She was in the Word. She worshipped him. She loved on him. John did too. And it was settled in his life. You and I have to get this one thing settled in our life before you leave tonight if you're ever going to live a victorious life. Not saying you ain't going to make a mistake. Not saying you ain't going to fall. But you've got to get this settled. Is what I have in my hand tonight, if you have the Bible, is this Him? You're not going to victory you're going to continue continue to fail to fall to not win until you get this down in your life is this who he says he is once we get that answer in our life we get that down You, you, you're going to have you say how can I have victory if I do that it come right out of God's mouth God does not speak an idle word he didn't speak anything that he did not mean and he meant everything he said our relationship with him and his word is key that's key faith don't believe me? The Word of God says it. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by what? The Word of God. You got to get it down. There's people that come in here Sunday in, Sunday out, Wednesday in, Wednesday out, and we'll, they'll go right out here and the world will destroy it. The world picks at them and draws them it's a constant battle but I'm telling you if you listen to Stephen's testimony if you listen to the word of God and what happened in the disciples lives were crying out loud <clears throat> when we get it down when we get that, that that relationship with Christ and his word down we won't have no problem we'll tell others we'll take it to others brother Andy that's what I'm scared of I'm, I, I don't want to be Stephen as and, and actually, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, look, don't worry about that. Because you know what? With that attitude, you not only won't be 
where Stephen and Ashley is. Next Sunday, you may not even be sitting in that pew. Tomorrow, you may not even be on this earth. And by the way, you're never, ever going to have peace and rest until your relationship with Christ is where it needs to be. And where it's going to begin and finish is the Word of God. And it'll finish. That day will finish when He comes or I go home. There's a message we have to take to others. Verse 3 says we're to declare, means to announce, report, bring word. We're to bring this message to others. If someone brought the message to us, we're to take this message to others. William Booth, the founder of Salvation Army, was on one occasion invited by King Edward to the Buckingham Palace in 1904. King Edward said to him, you're doing a good work, a great work, General Booth. When the king asked Booth, Right in his autograph album, the old man, now 75, bent forward, <clears throat> took the pen, and summed up his life's work. Your Majesty, some men's ambition is art. Some is fame. Some men's ambition is gold. My ambition is a soul of men. Number two, there was an illustration that was visible. <coughs> I'm not telling you anything you don't know. You haven't heard yourself. We all work around them. We even have them in our family. I ain't going to that church. Ain't nothing but a bunch of hypocrites there. And we all have the reply. We like the reply, right? That's why it is important. Again, well, I can't live it. You're right. You're exactly right. I can't either. None of us can. What makes us think we can live it when you put two people who were perfect in a perfect place and they messed it up? If they were perfect, messed it up, how's somebody imperfect going to make it better? Ain't going to happen. But we need to be the example. We get that relationship now. Now, I'm going to give you an example. How many of you here have been married 30 years? Too many? How long? <clears throat> Why do you think it lasted 30 years? Huh? Grace, grace. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I think love's got something to do with that. I think care. I think the fact that you want to put your life into someone who means more to you than you. That hurts me. <laughs> Um, you don't find it hard going home to that person, do you? No. 
You don't find it hard doing things for that person. You don't find it hard doing special things for that person. Because you love them. They're most important to you. Why do I treat Christ who loved me more than my parents, than my wife, than anybody else on the face of this earth and gave him, why would I treat him less? What a shame on me. We've got to get our focus on him, on the word. And when we do that, We'll tell others. We'll be that. We'll take it to others. And we'll, we'll here, here's the thing. You're Miss Cozell, and you don't have a problem doing that, do you? Nor does he. Because they love one another, and they just, I don't want to say have it, because if we just do it by habit, that's our problem. Don't do it by habit. You better do it because you love them. But you want to be there. You want to set that example. It's not hard. It's not hard for me to be the husband of Angela. It's not hard, I hope, for her to be the husband of Randy. I know the answer to that. Y'all do too. But it's not hard. Why? It won't be hard. Now, when I say that, understand, I know there's trials. In there. That's not what I'm saying. When they come, you're going to know where to run. You're going to know who to go to. Why? He's already, you're, you're in his word. You're in his word. You're worshiping him. You're walking with him. You're loving on him. For crying out loud, you're laying right next to his heart. Because you're there every day. You're just loving him. Because all he's ever done and all he's ever going to do is love you right back. More than you love him. You'll just say, it, it will come natural is what I'm getting at. That, that witness, that testimony... You know, that, that fear, man, that fear, think about, the, before he, he, he died, before he died on that cross, they were in fear. They were in fear for they saw what they'd done to Christ. They, they hung him, they beat him. They, they couldn't even tell that it was Jesus. They couldn't even tell it was a man. And they run, except for one, John. <coughs> and they hide. And then Peter starts denying him. But after he arose, and that resurrection power moved into the life of a child of God, they became martyrs. Why? Focus on the Word. Focus on that Word. It wasn't hard for them to be faithful as far as the relationship was concerned. Yeah, the world hates it. And I'll be honest with you, y'all know this. I ain't telling you nothing you don't know. Your flesh hates it. My flesh hates it. My flesh hates it. It wants nothing to do with what's in that word. 
Brother Andy, I can't believe you said that. You face it every day too. You have flesh just like I do. Your flesh don't want to get up and read that word. Your flesh don't want to get up and pray. My flesh don't either. My flesh don't even want to be here. Yours don't either. But the one you feed is the one that leads. You've got to be focused and stay in his word. Feed that spiritual man. Don't feed that flesh. Because it'll win. He had seen the fullness of the power of Christ. He walked with him, talked with him, handled him, heard him preach. He was there in the upper room. He was there when, when they had the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper. He was there. John was there in their meeting with Christ. The resurrected Christ came in through the wall into the building. And there he was. There he stood. That same power that resurrected Christ from the dead had resurrected His disciples. And oh, yea, the children of God, that same power is what set them on fire, what enabled them to turn the world upside down. And I'm going to tell you folks, in this last day of time, you and I got to get a hold of it because we're going to have to stand. We're going to have to fight for the glory of God. Whether you, We can sit here. America is the greatest country on earth. There ain't no doubt. I'm not going to run my country down. And I'm going to tell you, this is a wicked world we're living in right now. It's, a, it's so much more wicked. I never thought I'd see people cheering that they could kill a baby up to nine months. And yeah, even in Virginia, the governor wanted to kill them, leave them laying there on the table, not resuscitate them, unless the mama says resuscitate that baby. That's wicked! And it all started when God's people got away from His Word. If we'll go back to it, we'll go back to His Word and focus on Him. You know the scripture, call unto me and I'll show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. We'll repent. He'll send revival. We'll confess our sins. You know why? There's one thing. Here's a statement. I will close. This will keep me from sin or sin will keep me from that. It ain't changed. Never will. That's the problem. It's me. This will cure my problem. If I listen to my Savior, it's Him. Focus on His Word. Focus on Him. John, he saw Him. He seen it. And he was settled on it. He had seen the holiness of the life He's still in the scripture. The Lord Jesus said, you and I are to be holy because he's holy. How do I get holy once I'm saved? Right here. You're, you're holy, but you want to live a holy, sanctified, separated, set aside life for him. Get, we got to get in the word. Well, that's, that's the preacher's job. Is No, it ain't. You ain't no bottle baby. You're to feed yourself. I'm to feed myself. You still in diapers? Is that what you're saying? That's what you're saying if it's up to Brother Wayne to feed you. You ever seen a walking 30-year-old out there in a diaper? You talk about awkward and weird? That's weird. How many Christians come in them doors the same way? How many times have I come in that door the same way?
There's a evidence of a redeeming Christ. There was an examination, number three, that was tangible. There was an examination that was tangible. John handled him with his hands. John laid his head on his bosom. There's an evidence of a redeeming Christ. There's evidence of a resurrected Christ. And yea, there's evidence of a returning Christ. He told Thomas, Lord, we know not the way. How can we know the way? And Jesus said, Thomas, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And where I am, that's where you're going to be. That's all the evidence I need is God's word. He said it. What are, you, what are we going to do, church? What are you? Look, you don't answer to me. You don't, you don't give me no answer. That's between you and the Lord. I'm telling you, as a child of God, every day that we walk out that door and we've not been here, and we ain't communicated with Him, you are walking out that door without protection. You say, what do you mean by that? I'm still a child of God. Yes, you are. But when we choose to be disobedient, just like your children, when they mess up, what does mama and daddy inevitably come and do? Thank God, come and get them, discipline if needed, correct them. Time and time and time again, we could walk out that door, and you could sit, I could sit right here tonight and say, I would not do that. walk out that door tomorrow and fall smack dab in the middle of that sin I said that I wouldn't do. And you're going to let the enemy take you rape and pillage and quite possibly destroy you. Oh, Brother Andy, you know there's Men that's come and preached in this pulpit over the years that I've been here. And they're not even married anymore to their wife. Don't even see their kids. No longer a preacher, no longer a pastor. And you know what? You and I are just like them. We got up one day, they got up one day, and thought we can do this on our own. And as Paul Hardy said, page two, the rest of the story. Aren't you and I not sick of losing? Are we not sick of Satan taking us and beating us and using us? Right here is the answer. It's him. It's him. It's him. He's the only one that can do 